0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Hey, I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in the soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network.
2: This show is part of the RetroZap.com Podcast Network. Did you know that our cast is on Patreon? Well, now you do, so go check out patreon.com slash for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support, or you could join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. So once again, that's patreon.com slash Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro.
1: up Argonauts and welcome to another episode of Arcast Mini. This is Arcast Mini number 23 and uh, this is a very special one because we are here with Tony Polanco who is going to be talking to us about the Sega Saturn games in celebration of its 24th anniversary. So how's it going there Tony?
0: Oh it's going great man. We're going to talk about Saturn so you already know it's going to be on and popping as hip-hop gamer would say (laughs) it's fire son it's fire (laughs) it's fire it's fire
2: by the way i'm here too hi everybody (laughs) yes hi robert how am i never here yes of course (laughs) as ice cube would say in one of the Sega saturn ads with rings around his head i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) that advertising we're gonna get into all that but 24 years guys this system made its surprise debut we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about our favorite games it's It's madness. Like, it's considered such a cultural favorite for a lot of people, but it's probably one of Sega's most commercially failed systems, Uh, and there are a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, So, I mean, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with its surprise launch? Because it pretty much threw everybody off,
1: didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I I know, like, with, like, the launch, it just kind of threw everyone for a loop, even, even, like, the, the, like, developers of the games for the console, like, as far Mm -hmm. as, like, when it was coming out, because I I don't remember, like, the actual launch day, but, Tony, like, uh, like, I believe you have that, right?
0: Yeah, uh, original yeah, yeah, May 11th. But okay, so originally it was supposed to come out in the fall, right? And they already talked to retailers across the country, they had everything prepared. And then, um, I believe it was at E3 that year, they just said, Okay, yeah, we're coming out right now, we're not right now, we're launching right now, like right, right <laughs> at E3, you know. And <laughs> retailers around the country got pissed off, they're like, What the hell? And because of that, a lot of them did not carry Sega Saturn, which hurt it. We're gonna get into that, but that's basically what happened. It was supposed to come out in fall of 1995, came out may to the in 1995 and yeah it was just insane you know the games weren't ready you know people it cost a lot of money when it launched. it wasn't it, it like it, only it like five big.
2: games out for it for like its first four months <laughs> yeah
0: basically yeah it, it was bad
2: it's wild i know they were trying to get a jump on the sony playstation you know so at, yeah. at e3 they made that little announcement there i even I didn't think they got like kevin nealon uh from saturday night life time to do like one of his Damn. news things for it just to kind of like – and then they made the announcement right after. And I remember Sony the next night, uh, all they had to do, they went up to the mic and they said 299 That's it. $100 cheaper than the Sega Saturn. And they right. won. They, they won <laughs> they pretty won. much. It was yeah. madness. But yeah, I mean – I I understand what Sega was trying to do, but maybe they should have told the retailers or at least the developers or yeah. somebody.
1: And there was like some like anticipation for this console as well because it was following after like the Sega Genesis having like those like add-ons with like the Sega CD and the 32X, and people kinda of getting like sick and tired of like just you know turning into this like Frankenstein monster of a console, basically, and people just wanted that brand new next gen console, basically. So that's that's what the Sega Saturn was going to be. Uh, but it just kind of ended up turning into like this whole mess, as you mentioned, like with the retailers and developers and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And then the 32X itself hurt the Saturn because people had just bought this thing. And then, literally, as soon as the 30X comes out, they're like, oh, yeah, we got the Saturn coming out. People are like, wait, but this is supposed to be 32 bits. Why? What the hell is going on here? That, yeah. that really messed things up, too.
2: And, and right off the bat, I mean, there was already one hurdle to overcome because this was Sega's most powerful system to date, and they were making games with dual risk processors within the system. But the problem is only their internal teams knew how to take advantage of that with games like Virtual Fighter and Daytona USA and Panzer Dragoon. Um, The third party developers only used one of those risk processors. And as a result, a lot of those games, especially Acclaims games, looked incredibly shoddy. Like, you know, you compare them to even like the um, the PlayStation versions of certain games. They just looked like they were running at half speed. Like, God help me if I ever touch Revolution X again on the oh, Saturn. Oh, God.
1: Do you think like a lot of that just has to do with the fact that, you know, that Sega just didn't give like enough time, I guess, for the developers to get like used to what the Sega Saturn can do?
2: I think so. And then by the time people figured it out, by the time companies were starting to get to the full swing of things, PlayStation was dominating. You know, PlayStation Mm -hmm. was doing its thing with very little effort needed in in terms of, you know, development compared to like the Sega Saturn. I mean, there are some exceptions to the rule and we'll get into that. But it just seems like, you know, when you tried to run something like a full motion video game on the Saturn compared to say like double switch. I don't know why, but let's just say double switch, right? <laughs> and um, you run it on the Saturn compared to how you run it on the PlayStation, it surprisingly looks better in the PlayStation. I mean, even like a yeah. full motion video game, they they couldn't get right on the Sega Saturn, and it, it was wasn't the case
1: with um with that game Corpse Killer. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember Corpse Killer at all. Like, I, I, I do, I, yeah, I, yeah, I remember was, that. Was was that exclusive to to like the Saturn, or was that like on other consoles as well?
2: That was on their consoles too.
1: Okay, yeah, I think it was. On, just, it
2: started on the Sega CD, if I recall.
1: Oh, it did? I,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. The, the other thing about the Sega Saturn is it was originally supposed to be the ultimate 2D machine. Like, the sprites in it looked insane. Oh, the but, fighting game, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Everything, you know, like, as, t- as soon as, you know, 2D games were you know were great, and they all all great. Um, as soon as they, you know, this is what's been told even in the, the console wars book. They didn't get into this too much. But apparently when they f- saw that Sony was doing with 3D, they kind of threw 3D in there at the last minute. Hence, why it doesn't look as good. There, like the Saturn, still does a lot of like transparent effects and all that that the, even the PlayStation can do. But like Robert said, only the first party guys took advantage of that stuff. But that stuff was thrown in very last minute, and because of that, it didn't really gel well as like like it did on PlayStation.
2: Yeah. Now, Sega's support was really good we had a bunch of great games that came out for it you know we, we had yeah. a big hits like virtual fighter 2 which looked amazing virtual cop yes. virtual cop 2 um mm-hmm. fighting vipers um Daytona. You know, the, the fighters mega mix uh, you know even like sleeper stuff like Astal or a stall yes a stall was know. amazing bug yes. was pretty good clockwork night 2 i mean yes the game sega did sega did fine it was just everybody else you know ea sports games kind of suffered mm. um it you know obviously
1: again acclaim there there was also also the uh the like Sega NFL game too, it was like NFL ninety seven, I think it was that like yeah, really happened, suffered under that. So.
0: Yeah, like the sport, and, and his thing is, you know, as this is as true now as it was back then. You need sports games on your system, and Saturn did not have the best ones. And it's crazy because think about it: Sega had the best sports games on the Genesis, yeah,
2: you know? and on and the, the Dreamcast for that, that matter, matter. Yeah. and the Dreamcast exactly. too. They made a bounce back on the Dreamcast. You're telling me we couldn't have mustered a little bit of that quality for the Saturn somewhere? Yeah, I mean, not no. at all.
0: And they didn't have a Sonic game, but you know we'll get into that later, which is a big mistake.
2: They they did have two, but they weren't major releases. We yeah, had a poor of sonic 3d Blast. well it was supposed to be sonic extreme but based on what i saw in the footage this was a really confusing 3d 2d hybrid that never made the round so instead we got an enhanced port of sonic 3d blast from the genesis mm-hmm. with better music and 3d stages and we got sonic jam which was kind of a collection of classic genesis games with a 3d um stage where you could select everything so they were That's good great. but there was nothing in terms of an original Saturn Sonic game,
1: like a proper next-gen Sonic, yeah, Ride didn't in that have case. That at all. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. it was
2: disappointing. I mean, we obviously got Sonic Adventure in the Dreamcast, so it. Did happen over time. Eventually,
1: yeah, <laughs> we but not we on got, the like, Saturn. The
2: yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if Sonic Extreme had come out, I think people might have been confused. Some would have been entertained, but it would have been like, okay, wait, how do
1: I fall off the edge in this stage? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> now, was Sonic Extreme? Was that the one that was based on the animated show? Or am I, thinking I of think else? that was different. Um, I think it you're it thinking different.
2: of another one. Yeah, this is a game that was supposed to be just an original title featuring a cartoon style. I mean, that might be where you'd be confused because it is sort of a similar to the um, cartoon style, but there was also supposed to be a film tie-in back when MGM was working on their own Sonic movie, which never came to fruition. Mm. So, you know, it's just... I don't know. I mean, I think Sonic Extreme had a lot of risks going for it, but they decided to shelve it in favor of working on Adventure instead, if I recall correctly.
1: So, as far as like non-Sonic games in that case, and since there are, (laughs) you know, there 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 obviously isn't like a whole lot to to choose from there. um, What other like highlights would you say are on like the Sega Saturn? Not not necessarily with like the first party stuff, but like I guess I think like Saturn Bomberman certainly comes to mind.
2: Oh, Saturn Bomberman was amazing, and even Duke Nukem and Quake, because those were handled by the same team that did one of the best shooters in the Sega Saturn. and that's power slave power slave oh, to me yes. was the bomb diggity i love power slave um the team didn't stick around too long after they did like the quake and everything but i believe they're trying to get back together to do like a spiritual uh they body me software is the name of the company and i believe they're working on something spiritual in regards to that but i mean i think a uh, port came out for pc a while back but i mean the place to play power slave was on the sega saturn because they did a great job with the engine and all that stuff it's like lobotomy figured out how to make the dual risk processors work in their favor and that's why they were hired back to do duke nukem and quake i mean power slave was a great third-party game but if we're gonna get into third-party games gentlemen we have to talk about the advantage that the saturn does have over the playstation and that is capcom's 2d fighting yes yes, because dear god x-men versus street fighter is like okay we're you can't swap out characters. Wait, what? What? Why can't I swap out characters? It's a simple right. button. It couldn't <laughs> handle the processing on PlayStation, but on the Saturn, you know, it, it ran pretty well. And then you had stuff like X-Men versus Street Fighter with the four megabyte cartridge. I mean, mm-hmm. that was import. We'll get into imports in a minute, but you know, Stuff like that, like Night Warriors, Darkstalkers, Revenge, Street Fighter Alpha, or as the announcer says, Alpha. I
1: guess Alpha. Street Fighter Alpha. Um, yeah, Alpha. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even Alpha; it was just Alpha. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm sure David, of course, you know, wanted Street Fighter the
0: movie, but you know, we'll talk about that. <laughs> of course, hey, of that course. was on there too, man. Yeah. Good old Van Dam. Good old Van Dam. If you were a fighting game fan in the '90s, man, like seriously, you needed a Saturn. You needed yeah. a Saturn, dude. It, it was the system to have. Oh my I mean, It was God. like the like, first time
1: really that we were seeing those like arcade perfect ports on some of these yes, games. Yes. That was like a huge deal at the time. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Night yeah. Warriors Darkstalkers Revenge in its own right. This helped revitalize the
2: series, I think, because, you know, like nobody had really played the game in arcades. But when the home release came out, I believe it was Game Fan that gave this game like Game of the Year style honors. And it got a lot of interest drew, drawn up in that. And now mm. it's like one of the most hunted down games on the Saturn front. People love that port. And I can't blame it. It is amazing.
0: X-Men Children of the Atom was another one, man. The animations were so good.
2: And it was released by Acclaim. I'm not sure why, probably because they had the rights, but it was still cool as hell to see, you know, running well on the Saturn compared to being choppy as shit on the PlayStation. Oh. <laughs> and then you yeah, know and then
0: of course the the controller like that's like the perfect fighting game until, oh yeah. until this day man like like every control that i buy for current systems i make sure they have the six face buttons you know because that's the way to play them man, and that's whole oh, yeah. saturn thing you know well, especially for yeah, like the capcom so style
1: fighters too because oh, like course, you, yeah. you need that six that that six button layout. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then we got like, super puzzle fighter 2 turbo that was yeah. the way to yeah. play yeah. On,
0: oh, on saturn man.
2: yeah and then you, you had like a lot of that yeah. yeah, and then Sega stuff too, like Fighters Megamix. Where else yes. are you going to see the Hornet from Daytona <laughs> USA beat the shit out of somebody in Sonic the Fighters? I'm you know? still
1: waiting for like a re-release of that game, honestly, because I only played it like a little bit. I remember at my local Toys R Us when I was a kid, and this is oh, like wow. I, I just really, really want to experience that game again, especially as you mentioned the robber being able to play as the as the Daytona car. So yeah, you know, good old <laughs> Hornet. Why
2: not? You know, it's it was really the place to be for fighting games. I really enjoyed the heck out of it, and then you had like you know. The multiplayer stuff, Saturn Bomberman introduced online Bomberman to the world. And even though it was kind of limited with online, like I believe two players per side, you could play offline with up yeah. to like 10 players. And that made it the ultimate party party game for me, because I don't think we've gotten. Well, I mean, some games might have offered that option, but nothing feels like Saturn Bomberman to
1: me. Mm. No, Tony, like, I, I was, I was kind of curious like if you played any of the like RPGs that were on the Saturn as well, because there were like, a fair share of them on there too, right?
0: Yeah, it's a funny story about that, right? Because back in the 90s, early 90s specifically, I was not an RPG guy, right? Because I was like, why do I have to wait for my turn? You know,
1: just... <laughs> yeah, the turn-based then, combat, for yeah, sure. But
0: then over on PlayStation, um, my friend bought – because I didn't own a PlayStation back then because I was like such a – Like fervent, like Sega guy. I'm like, no, I will not have a PlayStation in my house. You know, (laughs) so I I saw him play Final Fantasy Seven. I'm like, oh my god, that's insane. I'm like. Do they have anything like that on Saturn? And I found it with Shining the Holy Ark. The, the first RPG I ever played. I love that game. And, and I was looking, you know, through it like a couple months ago. Apparently, a lot of other people love the game too. It's considered one of the, the Saturn's classics. I had no idea. I'm like, I thought it was just a little RPG that I enjoyed, you know. Mm. So yeah, that that I played that. There was this other one, not the band. This other is called Dragon Force. Oh uh, yeah, like that yeah. was a yeah. really cool <laughs> game. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, but yeah, those were, again, because those were still my nascent years for RPGs, but yeah, Dragon Force and Shining the Holy Ark, those were, like, the main ones I played, and they were fantastic. I wish they would remake them, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Not to yeah, mention, like, what Working Designs did, you know, like, with Shining working, Wisdom, yeah, yeah. uh, Albert Odyssey, you know, um, the, the last one in the last, I believe the last game released in the U.S. for the Saturn, Magic Knight
1: yeah. Ray Earth. That's right. Ooh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Albert Odyssey I actually was, was like one I was really curious about because I never owned a Saturn myself, but that was always like one game that really interested me just because of, again, like just like the, the pixel art in it and like how it just like looked. And it just, it honestly, it just looked like the next generation of like 60 bit style RPGs, but after the SNES, obviously.
0: Yeah. Those were good. And then the, all the shoot ups they had, you know, import one specifically, you know, I think that was the first time I played Ikaruga. I'm like, whoa, this is insane.
2: Actually, that yeah. was Dreamcast. You're thinking of Radiant Silver Gun.
0: Oh, we, so, yeah! There you go. There you go. But Radiant yeah, was, Silvergun like, yeah. was
2: amazing on the Saturn. You know, it was like the music was excellent. I bought the soundtrack. I, I paid like seventy something bucks for the soundtrack. Yeah. I was like, yep, worth it. <laughs> you know, yeah, but David, but David, before- if
0: we're gonna, ta- yeah, but if we're gonna talk about RPGs, we gotta talk about the ultimate one, Panzer <laughs> Dragoon Saga. Yeah, of course. Ooh, yeah. it's funny. We were talking so about good. this a
2: while ago. I think it was like we were we were looking up stories and everything like like somebody died during development that's what? how devoted they were in regards to getting wow. the game done but it's, well, a it's not so much like
1: the devotion but it was more of like uh i guess like a like a tale i guess with what's going you know, with what's been going on in the gaming industry and obviously it's yeah. better now but as far as like you know crunch time and how that can affect like the actual like, developers and people like making the game and all that yeah um there's definitely adverse health effects like with that especially when, when you look at like you know like the japanese culture with that too
2: yeah, I, I think, you know, development has changed a lot since then, although we still have the crunch issues. But I mean, mm-hmm. that game, I mean, a lot of people continue to hunt it down today. They'll pay like, you know, a thousand bucks for a complete copy. You know, that that is what it means to them because it is such a devoted RPG. And it's kind of weird, you know, because the series started with two great shooter games, you know, Panzer yes. Dragoon and, and Zway. You know, so we, you know, we're going to get those back with remasters soon, hopefully. But, uh, you know, Saga stands out in its own right because it was actually a damn good RPG spread across what four discs? Yeah, four discs. That's right. It was an incredible risk for them. But you know, like it came at the end of the Sega Saturn's life cycle and it became one of the most Notoriously entertaining games for the system, for Mm. a lack of a better word, it was really that wanted.
0: Dude, till this day, I'm so mad at Sega for losing the source code for that game. I'm like, what?
1: That's right. That did happen.
0: Yeah, I I think I I I, I learned about that like 20 years ago. I'm like, how do you how do you lose that? (laughs) Doesn't make any sense.
1: Oops, (laughs) misplaced it in the move
0: dang it yeah right i I guess we're just kind of
1: hoping then for like saturn emulation to get to a point where we can emulate that game like just like as well as we can that makes it feel like a local game in that case either that or you know you have a
2: team that's working on rebuilding it from scratch and hopefully not dying
1: i mean that would be a lot of work though i mean i I don't think that that would would be be realistic in a sense um but you know it would be like amazing to see this game come back in some way especially because of the you know the story with like you know with losing the source code and all that that's that's just crazy
2: i mean if we're going to talk like adventures that stood out on On the uh, Sega Saturn, another game I think we should bring up is *Nights into Dreams*.
1: Yes, Um, this game
2: from uh, from the Sonic team. Obviously, since we couldn't get a Sonic game, we got an original game from the Sonic team, Uh, and it was really cool. Like you know, doing all this circular stuff within a dream world, and just really having fun with it. And they introduced this weird looking circular um, analog controller. But That's it actually right. felt yeah. pretty good. It felt pretty yeah, it good did. playing that game. I mean, not obviously something like Street Fighter, but it felt really good playing something <laughs> yeah. like Nights in the Dreams. So yeah,
0: it's like, it's almost like they built it for Nights. And I believe really, that was the first time I played an analog controller. I was like, "What is this?" And then yeah, I a stick? What? <laughs> yeah I was like, What? What? but when you play it it feels so good you know it feels so great just playing that game but i don't remember Robert. was there any other games that utilize that thing well cuz I, I only remember knights using it well
2: well there's christmas nights that followed a few well, months yeah, later it was with, with, nights. with, nights. with the bonus so nights nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it worked well with the first person shooters too, you know. But I was gonna it circle back around to Christmas nights because technically yeah, yeah. it came free with the official Saturn magazine. You yeah, know, and that it was like the a-
0: first instance of DLC that I could remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. It, it was right.
2: basically a freebie and it included a ton of extras you can unlock for Christmas gifts, including a playable Sonic the Hedgehog which i thought was kind of cool and it's a rarity these days but yeah in terms of like other games that use that i think like first person shooters like duke Nukem and quake utilized it best because of the movement with the stick yeah other than that i think we stuck with the traditional
0: pads pretty much yeah but the knife was so good man it was just i was you know i love how that game at least came back and we you know we got to play it on 360 and all that and it still was fun it's still a lot of fun to play
1: Yeah. yeah And um, we were talking before, actually, before we went back into RPGs about the shmup genre as well. The shmup genre is very well represented here as well in the Sega Saturn. Um, And I think you were mentioning with Radiant Silvergun being one. Um, one game that that, uh, that comes to mind for me, too, is Twinkle Star Sprites.
2: And, you know, there are other good ones, too. Like, we had Galactic Attack, which was originally known as Layer Section. I thought that was well done by Taito. And then we got Raystorm, a.k.a. Layer Section 2. We got a good port of that on the Saturn as well. And, you know, I, I think the, the examples were few and far between. But, you know, we had Sky Target, which was kind of a port. It wasn't as good as Afterburner, but it was still pretty good in terms of, like, a shooter or it whatever.
0: good enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, there, there were some good shmups out there, but I think, like, the reason Radiant Silvergun stands out is because of Treasure, and Treasure really went a long way in its own right because we forgot to mention Guardian Heroes, guys.
0: I, yeah, dude, yes, I was thinking that the whole time. Yeah. I love that game, man. And, and again, that's another game that still holds up. You could play it right now on, you know, modern systems, you know, 360. It's still great. It's Xbox so much One, fun. Yeah. It yeah.
2: is. Anyway, circling back around to shmups, um, Virtual On. Cybertrippers, so although technically God, that was more like robot combat, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a mech game. Like yeah, yeah a mech, mech game, and Gun Griffin comes to mind too. Yes. Gun yeah. Griffin was a lot of fun too. I think that actually started the whole game arts movement on the um, Saturn. Which I thought was although really cool. if
1: you're looking for something more classic though there's Darius Garden as well ah
2: yes 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 Darius yes, Garden yes. yeah that was a lot of go- Can I just say Darius Garden yeah, <laughs> yeah to- There's fish <laughs> everywhere in my in my flower bed
1: yeah <laughs> dang it go plant some seeds in your Darius Garden huh yeah that's <laughs> right. I played that game <laughs> they go yeah fish in my garden go get the goose whatever and then
2: yeah. there was a pretty good port of Tempest too Tempest two thousand. Oh, yeah. Well, I know you're a big Tempest fan in general. Yeah, I do like like Tempest. Why not? But, I mean, there were also some, you know, outside of the shmup genre, we also got some great games from Japan over here to the U.S. Anybody remember Shinobi
0: Legions? I remember that. that. It was cornball
2: motion captured ninja graphics, (laughs) but it was actually not bad. (laughs) <laughs> In terms ninja
0: of ninja graphics,
2: yeah, yeah, ninja graphics.
1: Back to hey, I know I'll look like a serious ninja if I have this thing on my face. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. So, obviously, there, there were like a lot of great games for it, but what was like, I guess, like the main reason why you guys think, uh, why like Saturn failed? Like, was it kind of like doomed to fail from the beginning because of the awful launch, or was it something else as well?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of factors. Like, one, it was released right after the 32X. People were still mad about that. The, the hardware, know, I'll just go over this quickly because this was covered excellently in Console Wars, where basically um tom kalinsky who was running sega of america at that point he was against the 32x he was like we don't need to put this thing up but in japan they were like we need a, some kind of buffer so they forced him to put out this 32x and then after he was like okay let me just try to make the saturn the best thing it could do so he went to, to ken kutaragi sony you know try to see if they could work something out sega japan wasn't about that then he went over to silicon knights Try to see if they could use their technology. That didn't pan out. And we both know what happened with those two cases. Ken Kutaragi created the PlayStation, and Silicon right. Graphics was used for the N64. So, you know, I believe in some alternate world, there's a Sega PlayStation, you know, or, or like a, <laughs> a,
1: a Silicon Graphics version of the Saturn. You um, mean the multiverse? Oh, yeah, the multiverse, yeah.
0: Yeah, the multiverse, yeah.
1: Well, there was supposed to be the Nintendo PlayStation. So there's definitely all sorts of alternate timelines that we could take with this for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happened because remember after the whole deal with um with Nintendo fell through, Sony was looking around because they still weren't sure they're were going to do their own system. And Tom right. Kaminsky, they talked and they were r- very, you know like th- th- things were going pretty well but the thing is again the the saturn guys or sega guys wanted the system to be very 2d based and if you guys remember kudaragi he was like he doesn't want any 2d games everything needs to be 3d so right. that, that conflict kind of killed everything and i don't know why the hell they didn't go with silicon graphics maybe because they were western or something because they were like guys they even told him like whatever you guys are using for your saturn we ha- our chip is better and cheaper they didn't go yeah. with it
1: I mean, and I yeah. know, like, back then, too, like, there was there was still, like, some sort of animosity a little bit, I guess, with, like, um, like you know, like, especially if you look at, like, Nintendo, anyway, like, working with, like, Western developers, and they certainly kind of tried their hand at it, like, once, like, when they messed around with, like, uh, I think it was, like, Panasonic, like, for the uh, like, CGI yeah. games, you know, um, and they obviously got, got, like, burned in that, but it's it just kind of, I think that's, like, a little bit of a testament to how, like, the relations were with the... Uh, Japanese game developers and the North American game developers. So.
0: Yeah, they really should have listened to Tom Kalinsky. That's because, like, when they listened to him with this, with this um, Genesis, everything worked out great, but when they stopped listening to him, you know, purposely just ignored him, you got, you know, the, the Saturn could have been so much better. And then obviously there's other things like the, the, the sports games were really there. You didn't have a, a like a top tier Sonic game. Third parties had problems developing for this thing. It was it was a lot of things like the game. You know, obviously, if you bought a Saturn, you played a lot of games. But even then, even back then, man, I was like, mm, this thing could have been better. You know? well, for like
1: mainstream audiences, though the um, the like Sega consoles represented having Sonic games as well as sports games. So like yeah. having the Saturn miss both those things, I think was a huge missed opportunity for them
2: not to mention the fact um you know they they missed out on some of the major releases at the end of the life cycle they gave up in the system in like may 1998 but after that we saw these amazing games come out for it in japan i mean there, were, there was a port of castlevania symphony of the night with two bonus levels there was x-men versus street fighter with the four megabyte cartridge. Yes. there were the capcom generations games there was dungeons and dragons collection there was three wonders there was the samurai showdown rpg there was like a ton of games radiant silver gun immediately comes to mind gun griffin too you know all these games that could have done
0: burning really rangers 2, man don't forget that yeah, no, no burning, the burning rangers,
2: rangers yeah. burning rangers one did get a release
0: it did one, yeah like, Race, like a yeah. Know, it was a very just like Panzer dragon cycle very limited yeah and yeah, it was a fun
2: game too that's the thing like at the end of the life cycle they didn't know what to do in terms of advertising with the saturn they knew they were done but instead of going out like in a blaze of glory they're just like <laughs> You know, and, yeah. you know, it's sad because we missed out on a bunch of great games unless you imported them. Yeah. You missed out on a ton of great games for the Saturn. You know, at the end of its life cycle, we saw some of the best games for it. But half the people don't even know what these games were until it's like, you know, too late. And now they have to pay hundreds of dollars to import.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess like a lot of that has to do to, you know, I, I, again, like the like, developers just having such little time learning, like how the yeah. Saturn like hardware works in order to make like the most out of it. And I guess by the time that, like, the side was already on its way out, that's when you saw, like, the best stuff on the console. Yeah, and not
2: to mention, you know, the whole thing with the launch was borked anyway. Because, like I said, Sony had their number immediately the next day with a $100 price drop. People were willing to wait, and the system was... You know way more successful you know yeah. and, and sega knew there was no way to keep up so that's when they put all their investment into the dreamcast but we know how that went
1: so i mean sony kind of killed them twice honestly in that case oh yeah honestly, they they did that and then the the announcement of the playstation 2 shortly after the dreamcast was what uh, was launched so it uh, it, it didn't really bode too well uh, to go up against, like, Sony in the, in that era. So
2: Yeah, it, it, nothing worked out in their favor. They tried to get a jump on the market. It ended up biting them in the ass. And then by the time they did figure out, like, stuff with it, it was kind of too late.
0: It was too late, you know? yeah.
2: But, I mean, they did set the pace for, like, games that were going to come out in the Dreamcast until they eventually pulled the plug on that to go third party. So, I mean, the Saturn wasn't without... It's great games. You know, like I said, there are so many classics they remember and everything like that, but without really the support, the system, I think it had like the shortest lifespan of like one of the systems in the past generations. It only lasted like three years on the U.S. market, less than I, just barely over three years, I think, because May yeah. 1998, they pulled the plug three years after they did their surprise launch.
1: Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was three years. And uh, yeah, it was a fifth generation console. So yeah, um, so it just didn't do too well uh, with like the, the competition there, but um, but yeah, the, the, you know this is like the 24th anniversary of the Sega Saturn, so happy 24th to the Sega Saturn. Yes. in that case. So, um, so I, I guess for you guys, you know, since since obviously you have like more experience with the Sega Saturn than I do, uh, where would you rank the Sega Saturn in regards to the other Sega consoles in history?
0: Mm, man, I'm gonna say third place i'm gonna say third place uh after right behind genesis. After, 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 genesis dreamcast and then saturn i'm gonna go in that in that i i kind of want to say dreamcast first but genesis was just like that started it all for me know, iconic, so that, but, so, yeah. yeah yeah the
2: dreamcast started it for me because i'm the dcd so the I, DCD. Of yeah, <laughs> gotta, I, I gotta go with the dreamcast because they yeah, <laughs> dreamcast is part of my name then i'll go sega genesis And Nomad. I'll mention it in the same breath there. Oh, nice, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll say, yeah, then I'll say Sega Saturn, then I'll say Game Gear and Master System, then whatever the hell the Sega CD and 32X were.
1: Hmm.
2: And then the Sega Pico. (laughs)
1: oh there you go yeah the pico of course can't leave it out um so yeah we did have like a full episode on the sega saturn not too long ago so if you want a more in-depth i guess discussion on the the sega saturn although we did like a pretty good job condensing like the discussion on the the sega saturn just now um you you can check out our, our episode which is with the immortal john hancock i believe it's episode 140 something i forget off the top of my head one of our more recent episodes so you can definitely find that very easily and uh yeah tony where could people go like to find your work
0: Yeah, man, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Romudeth, R-O-M-U-D-E-T-H, and in my bio, there's going to be links to all my stuff that I do for Geek.com, Tom's Guide, The Coalition, and of course, my own podcast, Throwdown.
2: And uh, actually, it was episode 147. And we'll, we'll link to it with the episode there, so you guys can jump right in and listen to us ramble about the Saturn even more, which is amazing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And if you want to follow the R-Cast on Twitter, we are at Art podcast same thing for Facebook, facebook.com slash Art podcast and you can follow me on Twitter at man. You can
2: follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the DCD. You can also find my work at superherohype.com and mmogames.com.
1: Please be sure to check out our partner site, Don't Feed The Gamers, at don'tfeedtheGamers.com. That's run by our good friend Liana Ruppert, where her team give fan-centric news and reviews in gaming. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at ourcasts at retrozap.com, and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars or pop culture in general. There's also us with ArtCast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast.
2: And that is ArtCast Mini number 23 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro and maybe wonder why Sega had Ioni Sky and Ice Cube in their print advertisements for the Sega Saturn. I still can't figure that out. (laughs) Uh, Like, like, you know, Ice Cube, I understand. But Ioni Sky, I'm like, are they going for the Say Anything audience? I I mean, we need more Ice Cube in gaming in
0: general. Yeah, we really do.
2: (laughs) I'll tell you, the one advertisement that stood out, and I still stand by this, the one with the naked lady surrounded by the games, and they were like, oh, that's controversial. Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. That was classic, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, if we get into just like the advertising in that era, period, I mean, there's certainly like another episode episode that we've done on that but still yeah. there, there, there's definitely like a lot that we can get into just with that era alone yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure but
2: i think in the end let's be honest nobody says sega saturn does because yeah. it doesn't fit <laughs> it doesn't fit but yeah that's
1: it for our cast mini guys we will see you with a new episode later this week Yeah, and don't take a Saturn for the worst. (laughs) Okay, get out. No, you're going to play Acclaim Games for a month for that. (laughs) (laughs) Not Street Fighter the movie either. (laughs) Get out of here. Catch the guys later. 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 Hey everybody, it's Dustin from the HP Podcast. And this is Ben. We're just coming here to tell you about our show. Well, the HP Podcast. The HP Podcast is a weekly video game podcast from handsomefandom.com that's also part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. And... Ben, it's a little hard to describe our show because it's a little bit of everything. We get into a lot of shenanigans. We also talk about some news. We have some pretty serious topics sometimes. But sometimes uh, our friend Brandon takes a shirt off and uh, just does the show that way. So you should definitely check it out. I think he got stuck to the seat last time. It's actually. possible. So definitely. that was that was a time. Yeah. So anyway, check out our show. We would love that. The HP Podcast.